What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Section 6 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso, Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The Third Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part 2. Now sixteen summers had Narcissus seen, a boy in beauty but in growth a man. And crowds of youths his friendship sought, and crowds of damsels sought his love. But fiercely pride swelled in his snowy bosom, and he spurned his friend's advances and the lovesick maids. A chattering nymph, resounding echo, saw the youth when in his toils the trembling deer he drove. A nymph who ne'er her words retained, nor dialogue commenced, but then she bore a body palpable, and not, as now, merely a voice. Yet garrulous, she then that voice nor other used. T'was all she could, the closing words of speakers to repeat. Juno had this ordained, for oft the dame the frailer nymphs upon the hills had caught, in trespass with her Jove. But echo sly, with lengthened speech the goddess kept amused, till all by flight were saved. Soon Juno saw the trick. The power of that delusive tongue, she cried, I'll lessen and make brief thy words nor stayed but straight her threatened vengeance took now she redoubles all she can the words which end another's speech reporting back but only what she hears through pathless woods as roves narcissus echo sees and burns steals in his footsteps following close but flames more fierce more near approaching sudden thus the sulphurous daubing o'er the torches spread snatches the approaching flame how oft she wished with bland and soothing words to hail the youth but nature harsh forbids nor grants to make the first commencement what she grants she takes and anxious waits to catch the wished-for sounds and speak responsive chance the youth had led far from his social troop and loud he cried who's he that hither comes attentive she replied oh hither come amazed he stood round searching whence the voice and louder still here come exclaimed and echo answered come to every part his eyes in vain are bent and why laments he dost thou me avoid again he hears her dost thou me avoid still he persists the alternate voice deceives and come approach together let us join impatient now he utters ardent she exclaims in joyful accents let us join her wish in person urging from the grove she springs and wide extends her arms to clasp his neck narcissus flies and flying calls desist hold off thy hands may sooner death me seize than thou enjoy me nought the maid re-echoes but enjoy me close concealed by him disdained amid the groves she hides her blushing forehead where the leaves bud thick and dwells in lonely caverns still her flame clings close around her heart and sharper pangs repulse occasions cares unceasing waste her wretched form gaunt famine shrivels up her skin and all the moistening juice which fed her body flies in air her voice and bones alone are left her voice unchanged her bones to craggy stones are hardened still in groves she hides secluded nor on hills appears heard frequent only heard and naught but sound thus slighted he the nymph nor her alone but numbers else who o'er the mountains roved or sported in the waves nor less his pride when more mature 
keen smarting from his scorn to heaven one raised her hands and ardent prayed ordain that he may love but love like me one ne'er to be enjoyed ramnusia grants to prayers so just the assenting nod there stood a mudless pool whose water silvery bright the shepherds touched not nor the mountain goats nor lowing herds which birds and fierce wild beasts dabbling disturbed not nor a withered branch dropped from a tree or hanging round the brink fed by the moisture virid grass arose and trees impervious to the solar beam screened the cool surface wearied with the chase and faint with heat here laid narcissus down charmed with the place and tempted by the pool here as he seeks to quench his burning thirst he burns with other fires and while he drinks caught by the image of his beauteous face he loves the unbodied form a substance thinks the shadow loves enraptured loves himself fixes with eager gaze upon the sight as on a face in parian marble wrought stretched on the ground his own bright eyes he views twin stars his fingers such as bacchus grace his tresses like apollo's downy cheeks unbearded yet his neck as ivory white the roseate blooming fading into snow each tray admiring which the hapless nymphs in him admired unwitting youth himself he wants at once beloving and beloved himself desiring by himself desired burning with love while by himself he burns oft stooping were his fruitless kisses given oft were his arms outstretched to clasp the neck so plainly seen beneath the waters no himself he could not clasp whom he beholds he knows not but for whom he sees he burns the error that his eye deceives provokes his rage o foolish youth why vainly grasp a fleeting shadow what thou seek'st is not and what thou lovest thou now destroyest thou seest a semblance only a reflected shade naught of itself with thee it came with thee it stays and with thee if thou couldst would go not hunger's power has forced to drag him thence nor cares of sleep oppress him thrown along the shaded grass he bends insatiate eyes towards the fallacious beauty by those eyes he perishes now half upraised his arms outspread to all the groves around he cried ye woods whose darkened shades so oft have given convenient privacies to lovers say saw you e'er one so cruelly who loved in ages heaped on ages you have stood remember ye a youth who pined as i pleased with the object i its form behold but what i see and what so pleases flies i find it not in such bewildered maze the lover stands and what my grief augments no mighty seas divide us lengthened roads nor lofty hills nor high embattled walls with portals closed asunder are we held by trivial drops of water it no less than i would give the embrace for when i bend my lips to kiss it in the limpid stream with rising lips to meet it anxious strives then might you think we touch so faint a line sunders us lovers come whate'er thou art come hither why thus mock me dearest form why fly my wooing thus thy beauty sure nor youth are such as should provoke thy flight for numerous nymphs for me have burned some hope thy kindly sympathizing face affords and when my anxious arms i stretch thy arms advance to clasp me when i smile thou smilest and often have i noted when the tears streamed down my cheeks a rivulet on thine i nod thou answering noddest and those lips those beauteous lips whose movements plain i see words utter sure to mine though i forbid the sounds to hear in thee am i no more my shadow me deceives i see the whole love for myself consumes me flames self-raised myself torment what hope be wooed or woo wooing or being wooed where is my gain myself i wish and plenty makes me poor would that my body from itself could part 
strange wish for lovers what most dear they love absent to pray grief undermines my strength nor long my life can linger immature in youth i perish but in me no fears can death infuse of all my woes the end might i but leave this lovely object still existing now two images alas sink with one soul in death narcissus wails and raving turns to view the face again his tears the waters trouble and the face so beauteous scarce is seen grieved he exclaims when disappearing whither fliest thou stay stay i beseech thee cruel fly me not thy lover grant me still to view the form to touch forbidden food at least afford to this unhappy flame lamenting thus he from his shoulders tore his robe and beat with snow-white hands his bosom at the blow his bosom reddened so the cherry seems here ruddy blushing there as fair as snow of grapes unripe part purpling to the sun in varied clusters this he soon espied reflected in the placid pool no more he bore it but as gentle fire dissolves the yellow wax as phoebus's morning beams melt the light hoar so wasted he by love gradual consumed as by a secret fire no more the ruddy taints appear with white soft blended all his active strength decays and all that pleased so lately even his form so much by echo loved no more remains all echo saw and though of former slights still mindful grieved and when the hapless youth alas exclaimed responsive sighed alas when on his breast the blows resounded blows loud answering his were heard his final words gazing still earnest on the wonted wave were dearest form beloved in vain the words resounded from the grove farewell he cried and echo cried farewell wearied he threw on the green turf his head night closed his eyes their owner fond admiring now retired to regions far beneath the stygian lake reflects his form the naiad sisters wail shorn of their tresses which to him they throw the dryads also mourn their bosoms beat and echo answers every tearful groan a pile they build the high-tossed torches bring and funeral beer but lo the corpse is gone a saffron-tainted flower alone is found rising encircled with its snowy leaves the adventure spread through all the Achaean towns and much repute the unerring augur gained great now his prophesying fame alone pentheus despised him he the gods despised and only he he mocked each holy word sagely prophetic with his rayless eyes reproached him angrily his temples hoar with reverend locks the prophet shook and said happy for thee if thus of light bereft the bacchanalian orgies ne'er to see the day approaches nor far distant now my sight prophetic tells when here will come bacchus new-born of semele the son whose rites if thou with honour due not tend'st in temples worthy scattered far and wide thy limbs dismembered shall the ground bestrew thy blood the forests shall disdain thy gore thy aunts nay e'en thy mother shall pollute for thou such honours as immortals claim shalt to the god deny then wilt thou find beneath this darkness i but see too well thus speaking echion's son the prophet pushed harshly away but his two faithful words time proved the threatened deeds accomplished all lo bacchus comes and all the country rings with joyous outcries crowds on crowds thick swarm matrons and wives new wedded mixed with men nobles and commons all the impulse bears to join the stranger's rites but pentheus thus offspring of mars o nation serpent born what madness fills your minds can piercing sounds of brass from brass rebounding winding horns and magic cheatings then possess such power 
you whom the warlike sword the trumpet's clang and battle's edge dread bristling close with arms appall not yield ye thus to female howls wine's maddening fumes a filthy shameless crowd and empty symbols in amaze i see you venerable men who ploughed the seas and here a refuge for your exiled gods this second tyre have built without a blow yielded a spoil ye too robuster youths of hardier age and years more near my own whom warlike arms than thirsty more become and brows with helmets than with leaves compressed think whence you sprang and let the thought inspire your souls with all the dragon's fierceness he singly slew hosts he for his fountain fell you for your honour vanquish he destroyed the valiant you the feminine expel and all the glory of your sire regain if fate to thebes a speedy fall decrees may heroes o ye gods with battering force o'erturn her walls may the sword rage and flames crackling devour her wretched though our lot not criminal our fate though much bemoaned would need concealment not tears then might flow but not from shame now unresisting thebes yields to a boy unarmed who never joys in armies steeds nor swords but more in locks with myrrh moist dropping garlands soft and robes of various taints with gold and purple gay rest ye but tranquil and without delay him will i force to own his boasted sire untrue and forged those new invented rites had not acrisius bravery to despise the counterfeited deity and close the gates of argos on him and must now this wanderer come and pentheus terrify with all the power of thebes haste quickly haste he bade his servants hither drag firm chained this leader quick nor brook my words delay his grandsire athamas and all the crowd reprove while thus he rails with fruitless toil labour to stop him obstinate he stands more raging at remonstrance and his ire restrained increases goading more and more restraint itself in kindling more his rage so may be seen a river rolling smooth with murmuring nearly silent while unchecked but when by rocks or bulky trees opposed foaming and boiling furious on it sweeps impetuous raging fiercer more withstood with blood besmeared his men return their lord for bacchus anxious asks but bacchus they to find arrived too late but here they cried here we have seized his comrade one who joins his train and joins his rights the tuscans once the bacchanalian orgies followed bound behind his hands their prisoner they present pentheus surveyed the stranger while his eyes sparkled with rage terrific with constraint his torture so deferring thus he spoke wretch ere thou sufferest ere thy death shall give a public warning tell thy name confess thy sire declare thy country and the cause those rites thou celebratest in a mode diverse from others fearless he replied achates is my name my natal land tyrania from an humble stock i spring lands by strong oxen ploughed or wool-clad flocks or lowing herds my father left me none for poor was he his daily toil to catch with nets and lines the fish and as they leaped draw with his bending rod the prey to land his skill his sole estate when unto me this art he taught receive said he my wealth such wealth as i possess heir to my toil and to my toil successor dying he to me bequeathed the waters nothing more these only as paternal wealth i claim but soon disliking on the selfsame rock to dwell i learned the art to rule the track ploughed by the keel with skilful guiding hand and learned the lenian sign the showery goat tagite and the hyades the bear the dwellings of the winds and every port where ships could shelter once for delos bound by chance the shore of chios's isle we neared 
and when our starboard oars the beach had touched lightly i leaped and rested on the land now night expired aurora warmly glowed and rousing up from sleep my men i bade supplies of living waters bring and showed what path the fountain led to i meanwhile a lofty hill ascending careful marked the wished-for wind approaching loud i called my fellows and with haste the vessel gained lo cried ophelthes chief of all my crew lo here we come and from the desert fields a prize obtained he thought he dragged along a boy of virgin beauty toward the sands staggering the youth with wine and sleep oppressed with difficulty followed closely i his dress his countenance and his gait remark and all i see displays no mortal man conscious i speak my comrades thus unknown to me what deity before us stands but sure i am that form conceals a god o thou whoe'er thou art assist us aid our undertakings who have seized thee spare unknowing what they did bold dictis cries than whom none swifter gained the topmost yards nor on the cordage slid more agile down prayers offer not for us him libus joins and brown melanthus ruler of the helm alcimedon unites epopeus too who ruled the rowers and their restings marked arduous they urged their sinews by his voice nay all have felt his join the lust of gain so blinded all their judgments still i cry ne'er will i yield my vessel to behold burthened with such a sacrilegious load preeminent is here my right i stand to those who strive to hoist him in opposed bold and outrageous far beyond the rest was lycabas from tuscan shore exiled for deeds of murderous violence he grasped my throat with force athletic as i stood and in the waves had flung me but saw stunned a cable caught and saved me loud the crew the impious deed applauded bacchus rose the boy was bacchus with the tumult loud roused from his sleep the fumes of wine dispelled his senses seemed restored what is to do what noise is this he cried what brought me here o mariners inform me tell me where you carry me fear not the pilot said say but the port where most thou choose to land thither we straight will steer the god replied to naxos then your course direct that isle my native soil i call to you that isle a friendly shore shall prove false men they swear by ocean and by all the sacred gods this to perform and order me to loose the painted vessel's sails full on the right stood naxos loudly one to me exclaims as toward the right i trim the sails to steer what now achates madman fool what now art thou distracted to the left we sail most nod significant their wishes some soft whisper in my ear astounded i let others guide exclaim and quit the helm guiltless of aiding in their treacherous guile loud murmurings sound from all and loudly one athalian cries in thee alone is placed our safety doubtless forward steps himself my station ceases and a different course directs the vessel naxos left behind the feigning god as though but then the fraud to him perceptible the waves beholds from the curved poop and tears pretending cries not this o seaman is the promised shore not this the wished-for land what deed of mine this cruel treatment merits where the fame of men a child deceiving numbers leagued misleading one fast flowed my tears with his our tears the impious mob deride and press the ocean with their strong propelling oars now by the god himself i swear and none to vows more ready listens that the tale though in appearance credence far beyond is strictly true firm fixed amid the waves the vessel stands as in a harbour laid dry from the ocean wondering they their oars with strokes redoubled ply 
loose to the wind more sails and with this double aid essay onward to urge their oars with ivy twined are clogged the curving tendrils crooked spread the sails with clustering berries loaded hang his temples girded with a branchy crown whence grapes hang dangling stands the god and shakes a spear entwisted with the curling vine round seem to prowl the tiger and the lynx and savage forms of panthers various marked uplift the men by sudden madness moved or terror only medon first appeared blackening to grow with shooting fins his form flattened and in a curve was bent his spine imlecubus addressed what wondrous shape art thou receiving speaking wide his jaws expanded flattened down his nose appeared a scaly covering clothed his hardened skin lebis to turn the firm fixed oars attempts but while he tries perceives his fingers shrink and hands now hands no longer fins he sees another round the cordage strives his arms to clasp but arms he has not down he leaps broad on his crooked back and seeks the waves forked is their new-made tail like luna's form bent in the skies ere half her orb is filled bounding all round they leap now down they dash besprinkling wide the foamy drops now merge and now re-diving plunge in playful sport as chorus regular they act and move their forms in shapes lascivious spouting high the briny waters through their nostrils wide of twenty now our ship so many bore i only stand unchanged with trembling limbs and petrified with fear the god himself scarce courage in my mind inspires when thus pale terror from thy bosom drive and seek the isle of naxos thither come i tend on smoking altars bacchus's sacred rites impentheus angry stopped thy tedious tale formed to divert my rage in vain is told here men swift drag him hence dispatch his soul driven from his body down to stygian night by pangs excruciating straight close pent in solid dungeon is achetes throne while they the instruments of death prepare the cruel steel the flames spontaneous fly wide open the dungeon doors spontaneous fall the fetters from his arms and freed he goes stubborn the son of echion still persists but sends no messenger himself proceeds to where Cytheron for the sacred rites selected rings with bacchanalian songs and outcries shrill as foams and high-bred steed and through the speaking brass the warlike trump sounds the glad signal and with ardor burns for battle so the air with howlings loud re-echoing pentheus moves and doubly flames his rage to hear the clangor cleared from trees a plain extends from every part fair scene and near the mountain's centre round its skirt thick groves grow shady here his mother saw his eye unhallowed view the sacred rites and first by frantic madness urged she first furious the thyrsus at her pentheus flung exclaiming loud ho sisters hither haste here stands the furious boar that wastes our grounds my hand has smote him raging rush the crowd in one united body all close join and all pursue the now pale trembling wretch no longer fierce he storms but grieving blames his rashness and his obstinacy owns wounded dear aunt antinoe he cries help me oh let your own actaeon's ghost move you to pity she actaeon's name nought heeding tears his outstretched arm away the other eno from his body drags and when his arms unhappy wretch he tries to lift unto his mother arms to lift were none but stretching forth his mangled trunk of limbs bereft look mother he exclaims loud howled agave at the sight his neck fierce grasping tossed on high his streaming locks her bloody fingers twisted in his hair then clamoured loudly 
joy my comrades joy the victory is mine not swifter sweep the winds those leaves which early frosts have nipped and lightly to the bars attached remain than scattered flew his limbs by furious hands end of section six section seven of metamorphoses this librivox recording is in the public domain metamorphoses by publius ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard the fourth book of the metamorphoses of ovid part one warned by the dreadful admonition all of thebes the new solemnities approve bring incense and to bacchus's altars bend alcathoe only minyas's daughter views his orgies still with unbelieving eyes boldly herself and sisters partners all in impious guilt refuse the god to own the progeny of jove the prophet bids each mistress with her maids to join the feast sacred the day from toil their breasts to clothe in skins the fillets from their heads to loose with ivy wreathe their brows and in their hands the leafy thyrsus grasp threatening he spoke in words prophetic how the fronted god would wreak his ire matrons and virgins haste throw by their baskets quit the loom and leave the unfinished threads sweet incense they supply invoking bacchus by his various names bromius laeus power in flames produced produced a second time god doubly born born of two mothers nicias they exclaim long-haired thyonius and the planter famed of genial grapes Linnaeus, too they sing nyctelius elelchus and aloud iarchus evan with the numerous names o liber in the grecian land thou holdst unwaning youth is thine eternal boy most beauteous form in heaven a virgin's face thou seem'st to bear when seen without thy horns stoops to thy arms the east where ganges bounds the dusky india deity revered thou impious pentheus sacrificed and thou the mad lycurgus punished with his axe by thee the tyrene traitors in the main were flung adorned with painted reins thou curbst the lynxes in thy chariot yoked abreast thy steps the satyrs and bacchantes tread and old silenus who with wine o'ercharged with a long staff his tottering steps sustains or on a crooked ass unsteady sits where'er thou enterest shout the joyous youth females and males immingled loud the drums struck by their hands resound and loudly clash the brazen cymbals soft the box and flutes deep and melodious sound now praise all thebes the gods approach in mildness and perform his sacred rites as bidden sole remain at home secluded minyas's daughters they with ill-timed industry the feast profane busy they form the wool and twirl the thread or to the loom stick close and all their maids urge to strict labour one with dexterous thumb the slender thread extending cries while all idly those rites imaginary tend let us whom pallas deity more great detains our useful labours lighter make by varied converse each in turn relate her tale while others listen thus the time less tedious shall appear all pleased applaud the proposition and her sisters beg that she the tales commence long she demurs what story first of those she knew to tell for numerous was her store in doubt thy tale docetus babylonian to relate whose form the syrians think with scales is clothed the stagnant pools frequenting or describe thy daughter's change on waving pinions borne who lengthened age obtained on lofty towers safe dwelling or of nais who the youths with magic works and potent witching words to silent fishes turned till she the same vile transformation suffered 
or the tree which once in clusters white its berries bore now blood besprinkled growing black this tale most novel pleased the most and as she spun her slender thread the nymph the tale began thisbe the brightest of the eastern maids and pyramus the pride of all the youths contiguous dwellings held in that famed town where lofty walls of stone we learn were raised by bold semiramis their neighbouring sight acquaintance first encouraged primal step to further intimacy love in time grew from this chance connection and they longed to join by lawful rights but harsh forbade their rigid sires the union fate had doomed with equal ardour both their minds inflamed burnt fierce and absent every watchful spy by nods and signs they spoke for close their love concealed they kept concealed it burned more fierce the severing wall a narrow chink contained formed when first reared what will not love espy this chink by all for ages past unseen the lovers first espied this opening gave a passage for their voices safely through their tender words were breathed in whisperings soft oft punctual at their posts on this side she and pyramus on that each breathing sighs by turns inhaling have they mutual cried invidious wall why lovers thus divide much were it did thy parts more wide recede and suffer us to join were that too much a little opening more and we might meet with lips at least yet grateful still we own thy kind indulgence which a passage gives and amorous words conveys to loving ears thus they loquacious though on sides diverse till night their converse stayed then cried adieu and each imprinted kisses which the stones forbade to taste soon as aurora's fires removed the shades of night and phoebus's rays from the moist earth the dew exhaled they meet as customed at the wall lamenting deep as wont in murmuring whispers bold they plan their guards evading in the silent night to pass the outer gates then when escaped from home to leave the city's dangerous shade but lest in wandering o'er the spacious plains they miss to meet at ninus's sacred tomb they fix their assignation hid concealed beneath umbrageous leaves there grew a tree close bordering on a cooling fountain's brink a stately mulberry snow-white fruit hung thick on every branch the plot pleased well the pair and now slow seems the car of soul to sink slow from the ocean seems the night to rise till thisbe cautious by the darkness veiled soft turns the hinges and her guards beguiles her features veiled the tomb she reaches sits beneath the pointed tree love makes her bold lo comes a lioness her jaws besmeared with gory foam fresh from the slaughtered herd deep in the joining found her thirst to slake far off the babylonian maid beheld by luna's rays the horrid foe quick fled with trembling feet and gained a darksome cave flying she dropped and left her robe behind now had the savage beast her drought allayed and backward to the forest roaming found the veiling robe its tender texture rent and smeared the spoil with bloody jaws the youth with later fortune his strict watch escaped spied the plain footsteps of a monster huge deep in the sand indented o'er his face pale terror spread but when the robe he saw with blood besmeared and mangled loud he cried one night shall close two lovers eyes in death she most deserving of a longer date mine is the fault alone dear luckless maid i have destroyed thee i who bade thee keep nocturnal meetings in this dangerous place and came not first to shield thy steps from harm ye lions wheresoe'er within those caves ye lurk haste hither tear me limb from limb fierce ravaging devour and make my tomb your horrid entrails but for death to wish a coward's turn may serve the robe he takes 
one's thisbys and beneath the pointed tree bearing it bathed in tears with ardent lips oft fondly kissing thus he desperate cries now with my blood be also bathed drink deep and in his body plunged the sword that round his loins hung ready girt then as he died hasty withdrew hot reeking from the wound the steel and backwards falling pressed the earth high spouts the sanguine flood thus forth a pipe the lead decayed or damaged sends a stream contracted from the breach upspringing high and loudly hissing as the air it breaks with jets repeated sprinkled with the blood the tree's white fruit a purple tinge received deep soaked with blood the roots convey the stain inly and tinge each bough with tyrian dye now thisbe comes with terror trembling still fearful she pyramus expecting waits him seek her beating bosom and her eyes anxious the peril she escaped to tell well marked her eyes the place and well the tree the berries changed in colour long she darts the same or no while hesitating thus the panting members quivering she beholds upon the sanguined turf and back recoils paler than box her features grow her limbs more tremble than when ocean fretful sounds its surface briskly by the breezes swept nor long the pause her lover soon is known and now her harmless breast with furious blows she punishes her tresses wild she rends clasps the loved body and the gaping wound fills with her tears their droppings with the bloody mingling on his clay-cold face she pressed her kisses crying pyramus what chance has torn thee from me thus my pyramus answer me tis thy dearest thisbe speaks she calls thee hear me raise that dying face at thisbe's name his lids with death hard weighed he raised beheld her and forever closed him dying thus her lacerated veil the ivory scabbard emptied of its sword she saw at once the truth upon her mind flashed quick alas thy hand by love impelled has wrought thy ruin but to me the hand in this at least shall equal force display for equal is my love and love will grant sufficient strength the deadly wound to give in death i'll follow thee with justice called thy ruin's wretched cause but comrade too thou whom but death seemed capable to part from me shall find even death too weak will prove ye wretched mourning parents his and mine the dying prayers respect of him of me grant that entombed together both may rest a pair by faithful love conjoined by death united close and thou fair tree which shadest have won the miserable course and too soon with thy bowers wilt cover bear the mark of the sad deed eternal tinged thy fruit with mournful colouring monumental type of double slaughter speaking thus she placed the steely point while yet with blood it smoked beneath her swelling breast and forward fell her final prayer reached heaven her parents reached purple the berries blush when ripe and full and in one urn the lover's ashes rest she ceased a silent interval but short ensued and next leuconui thus addressed her listening sisters even the sun himself whose heavenly light so universal shines to love is subject his amours i tell this deity's keen sight the first espied for all things penetrating first he sees the crime of mars and venus saw chagrined to vulcan he the adulterous theft displayed and told him where they lay appalled he heard and dropped the tools his dexterous hand contained but soon recovered slender chains of brass and nets and traps he formed so wondrous fine they mocked the power of sight for far less fine the smallest thread the distaff forms or line spun by the spider pendant from the roof curious he formed it 
at the lightest touch it yielded each momentum slight howe'er caused its recession this he artful hung the couch enfolding when the faithless wife and paramour upon the bed embraced both in the lewd conjunction were ensnared caught by the husband's skill whose art the chains in novel form had framed the lemnian god instant wide through the ivory doors and gave admittance free to every curious eye in shameful guise together bound they laid but some light gods not blaming much the sight would wish thus shamed to lie loud laughed the whole and long in heaven the tale jocose was told the well-remembered deed the cyprian queen retorting made the god remember too and him who her concealed amours disclosed in turn betrayed what now hyperion's son avails thy beauty or thy radiant flames for thou whose fires warm all the wide-spread world burnst with a new-felt heat thou whose wide view should every object grasp with partial ken leucothoe only ceased that nymph alone attracts those eyes whose lustre all the world expect to view oft in the eastern skies more early rising art thou seen and oft more tardy neath the waves thou sinkest long the wintry days thou stretchest with delay thy object loved to see meantime pale gloom o'ercasts thy orb the dullness of thy mind obstructs thy brightness and thy rays obscure terror in mortal breasts inspire not pale thou fadest as when nearer world to earth faint luna's shadow o'er thy surface glooms but love and only love the paleness gives her only now thy amorous soul pursues rhodos nor clymene nor perse fair of colchian circe mother tempt thee now nor clitie whom thy cold neglect still spurns yet still she burns to clasp thee deep she mourns stung more acutely by this fresh amour now in leucothoe every former love is lost leucothoe whom the beauteous nymph eurynome in odoriferous climes of araby brought forth full-grown matured leucothoe's beauteous form no less surpassed her mother's than her mother's all beside her sire the royal orchamus who claimed a seventh descent from ancient belus ruled the Archaemenian towns the rapid steeds of phoebus pasture neath the western sky not grass ambrosia eating heavenly food which nerves their limbs faint with diurnal toil restoring all their ardour whilst the steeds this their celestial nourishment enjoy and night as customed governs in her turn the god the close apartments of his nymph beloved enters formed to outward view eurynome her mother her he saw the slender threads from spindle twirling fine illumined by the lamp and circled round by twice six female helpers warm he gave as a loved daughter his maternal kiss and said our converse secrecy demands the tendant maids depart nor hindrance give loitering a mother's secret words to hear when he the chamber free from spy or guard exclaims no female eye behold the god the lengthened year who spaces who beholds each object earth contains the world's great eye by which it all surveys my tender words believe i dearly love thee pale she looked while thus he spoke started and trembling dropped her distaff and her spindle from her hand nerveless but even her terror seemed to add fresh beauty to her features longer he delayed not but his wonted form assumed in heavenly splendour shining mild the maid won by his beauteous brightness though at first his sudden shape surprised her sunk beneath the force he urged with unresisting power the jealous clitier who with amorous flame burned for apollo urged by harlot's rage straight to the sire leucothoe's crime betrayed painting the nymph's misdeed with heightened glow fierce raged the father 
merciless inhumed her living body deep in earth outstretched high to the sun her arms and praying warm for mercy he by force she cried prevailed o'er her untimely grave a lofty mound of sand her sire upreared hyperion's son through this an opening with his beams quick formed full wide for her her head entombed to lift once to the light again thy buried course no more thou now couldst raise the ponderous load of earth prevents thee and a bloodless mass exanimate thou liest not deeper grief tis said the ruler of the swift-winged steeds displayed when o'er the earth the hapless flames by phaeton were thrown arduous he strives her gelid limbs with all his powerful rays to vivid heat recall stern fate withstands his utmost urged endeavours bathing then her pallid course and all the earth around with odorous nectar sorrowing sad he cries yet shalt thou reach the heavens and soon began her limbs soft melting in celestial dew with moistening drops of strong perfume to flow slowly a frankincense's rooted twigs spread in the earth its top the hillock burst angry the god though violent love the pain of jealousy might well excuse the pain of jealousy the tale from clitier now abstains no more in amorous mood they meet rash now the deed her burning love had caused too late she found she flies her sister nymphs and pining on the cold bare turf she sits by day by night soul sheltered by the sky her dripping tresses matted round her brows food drink abhorring nine long days she bore sharp famine bathed with dew bathed with her tears still on the ground prone lying yet the god encircling motion still she ardent viewed turning her face to his tradition tells her limbs to earth grew fastened ghastly pale her colour changed to bloodless leaves she stood streaked ruddy here and there a violet flower her face o'erspreading still that face she turns to meet the sun though binding roots retain her feet her love unaltered still remains she ended all their listening ears well pleased the wondrous story heard some heart of faith its truth its probability deny to true divinities such power some grant and power to compass more to bacchus none such potent own the sisters silent now alcithoe begged to speak she shooting swift her shuttle through the extended threads exclaims of daphnis's love so known on ida's hill his flocks who tended whom his angry nymph to stone transformed such fury fires the breast of those who desperate love i shall not tell nor yet of scython of ambiguous form now male now female nature's wonted laws inconstant proving thee o selmis too i pass once faithful nurse to infant jove now changed to adamant curides sprung from showery floods crocus and smilax both to blooming flowers transformed unnoticed these my tale from novelty itself shall please how salmasis so infamous became then list whose potent waves the luckless limbs in erve of those they bathe concealed the cause yet far and wide the fountain's power is known deep in the sheltering caves of ida's hill the naiad nymphs a beauteous infant nursed whom cyprus's goddess unto hermes bore his father's beauty and his mother's shone in every feature in his name conjoined he bore their appellations when matured by fifteen summers from paternal hills straying he wandered from his nursing day. in lands unknown he joyed and joyed to see strange rivers pleasure lessening every toil through lycia's towns he strayed and further still to bordering caria where a pool he spied 
whose lowest depth a gleam transparent showed no marshy canes no filthy barren weeds nor pointed bulrush near the margin grew full on the eye the water shone yet round its brink a border smiled of verdant turf and plants forever green here dwelt a nymph but one who never joined the active chase the bow who never bent who never strove to conquer in the race of all the nymphs alone no comrade of diana fleet oft as tis said her sister nymphs exclaimed come salmasis thy painted quiver take or take thy javelin with soft pleasures mix laborious sporting but nor javelin she nor painted quiver took with sportive toil soft pleasures mingling sole intent to bathe her beauteous limbs amidst her own clear waves and through her flowing tresses oft to draw the box and comb while o'er the fountain bent she studies all her graces now her form clad in a robe transparent stretched she lies or on the yielding leaves or bending grass now flowers she culls and so it chanced to fall flowers she was gathering when she first beheld the charming youth no sooner seen than loved not forth she rushed at first though strongly urged forward to spring but all adjusted fair closely surveyed her robe her features formed and every part in beauteous shape composed then thus addressed him o most godlike youth and if a god the lovely cupid sure but if of mortal mould blessed is thy sire blessed is thy brother and thy sister blessed if sister hast thou and the fostering breast which fed thy infant growth but far above all in rapturous bliss is she who calls thee spouse should nymph exist thou deemst that bliss deserves if wedded grant a stolen embrace to me if not let me thy nuptial couch ascend the naiad ceased a bashful glow suffused his face for naught of love to him was known yet blushing seemed he lovely thus warm glows the apple to the ripening sun exposed or tainted ivory or the reddened moon whom brazen symbols clash to help in vain to her warm praying for at least a kiss a chaste a sister's kiss her arms firm clasped around his ivory neck desist he cries desist or soul to thee the place i'll leave his flight she dreaded and replied i go dear youth and freely yield the spot to thee and seems indeed her steps from him to turn but still in sight she kept him lurking close sheltered by shadowy shrubs on bended knees of spy unconscious he in boyish play frisks sportive here and there dips first his feet then ankles deeper in the wantoning waves pleased with the temper of the lucid pool till hasty stripped from off his tender limbs his garments soft he flings more deeply struck stood salmasis more fiercely flamed her love his naked beauty seen her gloating eyes sparkled no less than seem bright phoebus's rays when shining splendid midst a cloudless sky a mirror's face reflecting gives them back delay ill-brooking hardly she contains her swelling joy frantic for his embrace she pants and hard from rushing forth refrains his sides he claps and agile in the stream quick plunges moving with alternate arms bright through the waves he shines thus white appears the sculptured ivory or the lily fair seen through a crystal veil the naiad cries lo here i come he's mine the youth's my own and instant far was every garment flung midst of the waves she leaps the struggling youth clasps close and on his cold reluctant lips forces her kisses down she girds his arms and close to hers hugs his unwilling breast final around the youth who arduous strives in opposition and escape essays her limbs she twines so twines a serpent huge seized by the bird of jove and borne on high twisting his head the feet close bracing holds 
the wide-spread wings entangled with his tail so twines the ivy round the lengthened bough so numerous polypus his foe confines seized in the deep with claws on every side firm grasped but hermes's son persisting still the naiad's wish denies she presses close and as she cleaves there every limb close joined exclaims ungallant boy but strive thy most thou shalt not fly me grant me o ye gods no time may ever sunder him from me or me from him her prayer was granted straight for now commingling both their bodies joined and both their faces melted into one so when in growth we bars engrafted see the bark enclosing both at once they sprout thus were their limbs in strong embrace compressed wrapped close no longer two in form yet two in feature nor a nymph-like face remained nor yet a boy's yet both and neither seemed when hermes's son beheld the liquid stream where masculine he plunged the power possessed to enervate his body and his limbs effeminately softened high he raised his arms and prayed but not with manly voice o sire o mother dear indulge your son your double appellation bearing this sole urged petition whoso in these waves in strong virility like me shall plunge hence let him go like me enervate made spoilt by the stream his strength each parent god nodding confirmed their altered son's request and tinged the fountain with the changing power she ceased the nymphs minyean still persist their toil to urge despising still the god his festival profaning sudden heard the rattling sounds of unseen timbrels burst full on their ears the pipe the crooked horn and brazen cymbals loudly clash perfumes of myrrh and saffron blended smell but more and what belief surpasses straight their looms virid to sprout begin the pendant threads branch into shoots like ivy part becomes the vine what now were threads curled tendrils seem shot from the folded web the branches climb and the bright red in purpling grapes appears now was the sun declining and approached the twilight season when nor day it seems nor night confirmed but a grey mixture forms of each an indeterminate compound deep the roof appeared to shade the oily lamps ardent to glow the torches bright to burn with reddening flames while round them seemed to howl figures of beast ferocious filled with smoke the room the frighted maidens seek to hide and each in different corners tries to shun the fires and flaming light but while they seek a lurking shelter o'er their shortened limbs a webby membrane spreading binds their arms in waving wings the gloom concealed the mode of transformation from their former shape light plumage bears them not aloft yet raised on wings transparent through the air they skim to speak they strive but utter forth a sound feeble and weak then screeching shrill they plain men's dwellings they frequent nor try the woods and cheerful day avoiding skim by night their name from that untimely hour derived now were the deeds of heaven-born bacchus famed through every part of thebes and all around his aunt proud boasts the new-made god's great power she of the sisters all from sorrow spared save what to view her sister's sorrowing gave juno beheld her lofty thus her breast elate to view her sons her nuptial fruits with athamas and her great foster-child the mighty bacchus more the furious queen bore not but thus exclaimed has the whore's son power to transform the tiring crew and plunge them headlong in the deep can he impel the mother's hands to seize her bleeding son and tear his entrails dares he then to clothe the minyaid sisters with uncustomed wings and his saturnia's utmost power confined wrongs unrevenged to weep suffices such for me 
is this a goddess's utmost might but he instructs me wisdom may be taught even by a foe the wretched pentheus's fate shows all sufficient what may madness do why should not eno stung with frantic rage the well-known track her sister's trod pursue end of section seven part eight of metamorphoses this librivox recording is in the public domain metamorphoses by publius ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard the fourth book of the metamorphoses of ovid part two a path declivitous with baleful yew dark shaded leads a dreary silent road down to the infernal regions sluggish sticks dank mists exhales here travel new-made ghosts with rites funereal blessed pale winter's gloom wide rules the squalid place the stranger shades wander unknowing which the path to tread straight to the infernal city where is held black pluto's savage court a thousand gates wide ope surround the town on every side as boundless ocean every stream receives from earth poured numerous so each wandering soul flocks to this city whose capacious bounds full space for all affords nor ever feels the increasing crowd of flesh deprived and bones the bloodless shadows wander some frequent the forum some the infernal monarch's court some various arts employ resembling much their former daily actions numbers grown in punishments severe here juno came braving the region's horrors from her throne celestial so did ire and hatred goad her bosom with their stings sacred she pressed the groaning threshold instant as she stepped fierce cerberus his triple head upraised and howled with triple throat the goddess calls the night-born sisters fierce implacable before the close-barred adamantine gates they sit their tresses twisting round with snakes the queen through clouds of midnight gloom they see and instant rise here dwell the suffering damned here tydeus stretched o'er nine wide acres yields his entrails to be torn thou tantalus art seen the stream forbid to taste the fruit thy lips o'erhanging flies thou sisyphus thy stone pursuing downwards or its weight straining aloft with oft exerted power ixion whirling too with swift pursuit thou followest and art followed pelides your husband cousins who in death dared steep and ceaseless draw the unavailing streams all juno viewed with unrelenting brow but viewed ixion sterner far than all and when on sisyphus again she cast her eyes beyond ixion angry cried what justice this of all the brethren he sharp torture suffers shall proud athamas a regal dwelling boast whose scornful taunts and scornful spouse have still my power condemned then straight her hatred's cause disclosed they see her journey's object and revenge's aim this her desire that cadmus's regal house perished should sink and athamas fierce urged by madness should some dreadful vengeance claim commands solicitations prayers at once the goddesses besiege and as she speaks angrily moved tisiphone replies shaking her hoary locks the twining snakes back from her mouth repelling hasty thus a tedious tale we need not what thou wilt believe accomplished fly this hateful gloom up to the wholesome breeze of heaven repair glad juno left the spot when near approached heaven's entrance there thomantian iris met and with her sprinklings purified the queen quick now tisiphone the savage fiend seizes her torch with gory droppings wet flings round her limbs a garment deeply dyed with streaming blood a twisting snake supplies a girdle 
thus arrayed she sallies forth followed by loud lament by terror fear and quivering featured madness when she pressed the threshold fame declares the pillars shook the maple doors with terror moved grew pale back shrunk the sun eno with trembling dread beheld these wonders athamas beheld and both prepared the haunted place to fly escape the fury hinders fierce she stands blocking the entrance wide her arms she spreads with viperous twistings bound and threatening shakes her tresses loud the serpent's noise disturbed sprawl o'er her shoulders some some lower fallen twine hissing round her breasts with brandished tongue black poison vomiting with furious gripe two from her locks she tore her deadly hand hurled them straight on the breasts of athamas and eno hungry with their fangs they seized fierce pains in fixing but external wounds their limbs betrayed not mental was the blow so direly struck venom's most mortal too from tartarus she bore the foam high churned from jaws of cerberus the poisonous juice of hydra urgent wish for roaming wide oblivion mental blinded wicked deeds weeping and furious fierceness slaughter fond on these commingled fresh drawn gore she poured and warmed them bubbling in a brazen vase stirred by a sprouting hemlock trembling they shudder while in their breasts the poison fierce she pours both bosoms feel it deep instilled their inmost vitals feel it then her torch whirled flaming round and round in triumph glares fires from the circling gathering powerful thus victorious in her aims and deeds desired to mighty pluto's shadowy realm she speeds and from her loins untwists the girding snakes mad bounded athamas amid the hall ho friends exclaiming here spread wide your toils here in this thicket where even now i saw with young twin cubs a lioness and mad pursued his consort for a savage beast snatching liacus who with playful smile outstretched his infant hands to meet him torn rough from his mother's bosom round in air and round sling-like he whirled then savage dashed upon a rugged rock the tender bones loud howls the frantic mother frantic made by grief or by the scattered poison's power and raving with dishevelled tresses spread wide o'er her shoulders flies her naked arms young melisertes bear madly she shrieks evoe bacchus loud at bacchus's name revengeful juno laughed and said such boon thy foster son upon his nurse confers a lofty rock the firming waves o'erhangs whose dashing force deep in its base have scooped a cavern safely sheltering from the showers the adamantine summit high extends and o'er the wide main stretches swift this height active and strong with madness eno gained and fearless with the infant in her arms sprung from the cliff and sunk beneath the waves white foamed the surge around her venus grieved such sufferings undeserved her race should bear thus with bland coaxings ocean's god addressed lord of the azure deep whose high command sways next to heavens a vast demand i ask but pity my poor offspring whom thou seest plunged in thy ionian billows with their forms thy deities increase some influence sure in ocean i should hold from thence produced sprung from the froth that on the deep main swims whence grecian poets name me neptune nods assenting to her prayer and from their limbs abstracts the mortal portion on their forms breathes majesty and with their altered mien their names he changes too palaemon he now styled his mother as leucothoe known the princess's anxious comrades traced her steps with care the last with arduous search they found just on the giddy brink nor dubious deemed her fate a moment 
cadmus's house they wail with beating hands their tresses tear and robes and highly juno blame as one unjust too ireful for the hapless sister's fault juno fierce flaming these reproaches stung ye too she cried shall monuments become of the fierce ire ye blame deeds words pursued the nymph who most her hapless queen held dear exclaimed deep in the roaring main i'll plunge to join her fate and sprung to take the leap but motionless she stood fixed to the rock her wounding blows upon her bosom one strives to renew as wont her striving arms stiffened to stone she sees this toward the waves her hands extends a rocky mass she stands in the same waves far stretching lifted high the locks to rend the fingers might be seen stiffened and rigid with the hair become in posture whatsoever caught each nymph in that same posture stands thus part are changed the rest to birds transformed by wings upborne skim o'er the surface of the neighbouring sea cadmus the wondrous change which raised his child and his young grandson to the rank of gods yet knew not by his load of grief o'erwhelmed a chain of woes and supernatural scenes so numerous which he sees the founder quits his town suspicious that the city's fate and not his own misfortune on him showers born o'er the main his lengthened wanderings end when with his exiled consort safe he gains illyria's shores oppressed with grief and age the primal fortunes of their house with care they scan and in their converse all their woes again recounting cadmus thus exclaims was then that serpent by my javelin pierced when driven from tyre whose numerous teeth i sowed sacred to some divinity if he thus vengeful for the deed his anger pours may i a serpent stretched at length become he said and serpent-like extended lies scales he perceives upon his hardened skin and sees green spots on his black body form prone on his breast he falls together twined his legs commingling stretch and gradual end lessened in rounded point his arms remain still and those arms remaining he extends while down his face yet human tears flow fast o hapless wife approach he cries approach and touch me now while aught of me remains receive my hand while yet a hand i bear ere to a serpent wholly turns my form more he prepared to utter but his tongue cleft sudden to his wishes words refused and often when his sorrows sad he tried to wail anew he hissed that sound alone nature permitted while her naked breast with blows resounded loud his wife exclaimed stay o my cadmus hapless man shake off this monstrous figure cadmus what is this where are thy feet and where thy arms and hands where are thy features thy complexion where whilst i bewail art thou celestial powers why not this transformation work on me she ended he advancing licked her face and creeped as customed to her bosom dear and round her wonted neck embracing twined now draw their servants nigh and as they come with terror start the crested serpents play smooth on their necks now too and cordial slide in spires conjoined then in the darksome shades the adjoining woods afford them close they hide mankind they fly not nor deep wounds inflict harmless their pristine form is ne'er forgot still though in altered shapes the pair rejoiced their grandson's fame to hear whom vanquished ind low bending worshipped greece adoring praised in lofty temples sol acrisius stands like bacchus sprung from jove's celestial seed opposing and from argos's gates propels the god his birth denied against him arms nor perseus would he own from heaven derived conceived by danae from a golden shower yet soon so mighty is the force of truth acrisius grieves he e'er so rashly braved the god 
his grandson driving from his court disowned now one in heaven is glorious placed the other laden with the well-known spoil of the fierce snaky monster cleaves the air on sounding pinions high the victor sails o'er libya's deserts and the gory drops fall from the gorgon's head the ground receives the blood and warms it into writhing snakes hence does the country with the pest still swarm thence borne by adverse winds he sweeps along through boundless ether driven now here now there as watery clouds are swept from lofty skies the earth far distant viewing round the globe he skimmed three times he saw the arctic pole and thrice the warmer crab off to the west the adventurous youth was born back to the east as often now the day in darkness sank when he nocturnal flight mistrusting lights in atlas's kingdom neath the hesperian sky a short repose requests till phosphor bright should call aurora forth she ushering in the chariot of the day Japetus's son all men in huge corporeal bulk surpassed he to the extremest confines of the land and o'er the ocean swayed whose waves receive apollo's panting steeds and wearied car a thousand bleating flocks a thousand herds strayed through the royal pastures neighbouring lords not near him ploughed their lands trees grew whose leaves with splendour glittering threw a golden shade o'er golden branches and o'er fruit of gold thus perseus friendly host if glorious birth thee pleases here one born of jove behold if deeds of merit more attraction move mine thy applause may claim at present grant an hospitable shelter here and rest but atlas fearing these oraculous words long since by themis on parnassus given the time o king will come thy golden tree shall lose its fruit the glory of the spoil a son of jove shall boast and dreading sore around his orchards massy walls he rears a dragon huge and fierce the guard maintains whatever strangers to his realm approach far thence he drives and thus to perseus too haste quickly haste from hence lest soon i prove thy glorious deeds but feigned feigned as thy birth then forced to threats he added strove to thrust the hero forth who struggling efforts urged resisting while he begged with softening words proving in strength inferior who in strength could vie with atlas since my fame he cries such small desert obtains a gift accept and back his face averting holds displayed on his left side medusa's ghastly head a mountain now the mighty atlas stands his hair and beard as lofty forests wave his arms and hands high hilly summits rear o'ertopped above by what was once his head his bones are rocks then so the gods decree enlarged to size immense in every part the weight of heaven and all the stars he bears his blustering vassals aeolus had pent in ever during prisons phosphor bright most splendid midst the starry host of heaven admonitor of labour now was risen when perseus bound again on either foot his winnowing wings girt on his crooked sword and cleft the air on waving pinions borne o'er numerous nations far beneath him spread he sailed till ethiopia's realms he saw where cepheus ruled there ammon power unjust andromeda had sentenced guiltless maid to what her mother's boastful tongue deserved as soon as perseus spied fast by the arms chained to the rugged rock where but her locks waved lightly to the breeze and but her eyes trickled a tepid stream she might be deemed a sculptured marble him the unknown sight astonished dazzled and inflamed with love his senses in the beauteous view soul wrapped scarce he remembers on his wings to wave alights exclaiming o whom chains like these should never bind nor other chains than such as lovers intertwist declare thy name thy country tell and why thou bearest those bonds 
silent a while the virgin stood abashed converse with man to hold her blushing face her hands if free had long before concealed quick starting tears twas all she could her eyes veiled swimming then her name and country told and all the conscious pride her mother's charms inspired in full acknowledged lest for crimes her own just suffering perseus might conceive all yet untold when loud the billows roared upheaved the monster's bulk far above the waves he stood upreared and then right onward plunged his ample bosom covering half the main loud shrieks the virgin sad her father comes and sad her raving mother wretched both the mother most deservedly help in vain from them she seeks with tears and bosoms torn her fettered limbs they clasp they can no more then perseus thus for tears and loud laments long may the time be but effective aid to give the time is short suppose the nymph i ask i perseus sprung from mighty jove by her whose prison in a golden shower fecundative he entered perseus who the gorgon snaky haired o'ercame who bold on waving pinions winnows through the air him for a son in preference should ye choose arduous he'll strive to these high claims to add if heaven permits some merits more his own agree she's mine if by my arm preserved the parents promise who in such a case would waver beg his help and promise more that all their kingdom shall her dower become lo as a vessel's sharpened prow quick cleaves the waves by strenuous sweating arms impelled the monster comes his mighty bosom wide the water's sideway breasting distant now not more than what the balearic sling could with the bullet gain when high in air the sod repelling upward springs the youth soon as the main reflected perseus's form the ocean savage raged as jove's swift bird when in the open fields a snake he spies basking his livid back to phoebus's rays exposed behind attacks him plunges deep his hungry talons in his scaly neck to curb the twisting of his sanguine teeth with rapid flight thus perseus shooting cleaves the empty air lights on the monster's back burying his weapon to the crooked hilt full in the shoulder of the raging beast mad with the deepened wound now rears aloft the savage high in air now plunges low beneath the waters now he furious turns as turns the boar ferocious when the crowd of barking dogs beset him fiercely round with rapid wafts the venturous hero shuns his greedy jaws now on his back thick armed with shells he strikes where opening space he sees now on his sides now where his tapering tail in fish-like form is finished bites the steel high spouts the wounded monster from his mouth the waves with gore deep purpling drenched the wings droop nagging and no longer perseus dares to trust their dripping aid a rocky spies whose summit o'er the peaceful waters rose but deep was hid when tempests moved the main supported here his left hand firmly grasps the craggy edge while through his sides and through the dying savage fields the weapon drove loud shouts and plaudits fill the shore the noise resounding echoes to the heavenly thrones cassiope and cepheus joyful greet their son and grateful own him chief support and saviour from her rugged fetters freed the virgin walks the cause the great reward of all his toil his victor hands he laves in the pure stream then with soft leaves defends a spot to rest the serpent bearing head lest the bare sand should harm it twigs marine he likewise strews and rests medusa there the fresh green twigs as though with life endowed felt the dire gorgon's power their spongy pith hard to the touch became the stiffness spread through every twig and leaf the nereid nymphs more branches bring and try the wondrous change on all and joy to see the change succeed 
spreading the transformation from the seeds with them throughout the waves this nature still retains the coral hardness still assumes from contact with the air beneath the waves a bending twig and hardened stone above three turfy altars to three heavenly gods he builds to hermes sacred stands the left the right to warlike pallas in the midst the mighty jove's is reared to pallas bleeds an heifer to the plume-heeled god a calf almighty jove accepts a lordly bull then claims andromeda the rich reward without a dower of all his valorous toil now love and hymen wave their torches high precursive of their joys each hearth is heaped with odorous incense every roof is hung with flowery garlands pipes and harps and lyres and songs which indicate their festive souls resound aloud each portal open thrown displayed appears the golden palace wide by every lord of cepheus's court arrayed in splendid pomp the nuptial feast is graced the banquet ended while the generous gift of bacchus circles and each soul dilates perseus the modes and customs of the land curious inquires lincides full relates the habits laws and manners of the clime his information ended now he cried relate o perseus boldest of mankind by what fierce courage and what skilful arts the snaky locks in thy possession came then perseus tells how lies a lonely vale beneath cold atlas every side strong fenced by lofty hills whose only pass is held by forcus's twin-born daughters mutual they one eye possessed in turns by either used his hand deceiving seized it as it passed twixt them alternate dexterous was the while through devious paths and deep-sunk ways he went and craggy woods dark frowning till he reached the gorgon's dwelling passing then the fields and beaten roads there forms of men he saw and shapes of savage beasts but all to stone by dire medusa's petrifying face transformed he then the horrid countenance marked bright from the brazen targe his left arm bore reflected while deep slumber safe weighed down the gorgon and her serpents he divorced her shoulders from her head he adds how sprung chryseor and winged pegasus the swift from the prolific gorgon's streaming gore relates the perils of his lengthened flight what seas what kingdoms from the lofty sky beneath him he had viewed what sparkling stars his waving wings had brushed thus ceased his tale all more desiring then uprose a peer and why medusa of the sister's soul the serpent twisted tresses wore inquired the youth the story that you ask full well attention claims i what you seek recite for matchless beauty famed with envying hope her crowds of suitors followed nought surpassed amongst all her beauties her bright lovely hair those who had seen her thus have this averred but in minerva's temple ocean's god the maid defiled the virgin goddess shocked her eyes averted and her forehead chaste veiled with the aegis then with vengeful power changed the gorgonian locks to writhing snakes the snakes thus formed fixed on her shield she bears the horrid sight her trembling foes appalls End of section eight. Section nine of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The fifth book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part one. These wonders, while the son of Danae tells, circled around by Cepheus's noble troop, sudden the imperial hall with tumults loud resounds not clamour such as oft we hear the bridal feasts in songs of joy attend but what stern war announces 
much the change the peaceful feast to instant riot turned seemed like the placid main when the fierce rage of sudden tempests lash its surges high first phineas stepped the leader of the crowd soul of the riot and his ashen spear armed with a brazen point he brandished high lo here he shouts lo here i vengeful come on him who claims my spouse not thy swift wings nor cheating jove changed to a golden shower shall save thee from my arm and poised to fling the dart was held but cepheus loud exclaimed brother what dost thou what dire madness sways to wicked acts thy soul is this the meed his gallant deeds deserve is this the dower we for the valued life he saved bestow list but to truth not perseus of thy wife bereft thee but the angry nereid nymphs the horned ammon and the monster huge prepared to glut his hunger with my child then was thy spouse snatched from thee when remained of help no hope to all she lost appeared thy savage heart perhaps had even rejoiced to see her perish that our greater grief might lighten part of thine couldst thou her see fast chained before thee uncle spouse betrothed and yet no aid afford and storm'st thou thus she to another now her safety owes and wouldst thou snatch the prize so high if seems to thee her precious value thy bold arm should on the rock where chained she lay have sought and have deserved her now permit that he who sought her there through whom my failing age is not now childless grant that he enjoy peaceful what through his merits he no less than our firm compact claims not him to thee but him to certain loss i preference gave nought phineas answered but his furious eyes now perseus now the king alternate view doubtful or this to pierce or that his pause was short his powerful arm by fury nerved at perseus hurled the quivering spear in vain fixed in the couch it stood quick bounded up the indignant youth and deep in phineas's breast had plunged to the point returning but he shrunk behind an altar which o oh shame preserved the impious villain yet not harmless sped the weapon full in rhetus's front it stuck who lifeless dropped broke in the bone the steel he spurned and sprinkled all the feast with gore then raged with ire ungoverned all the crowd and hurled in showers their weapons some fierce cried severus no less than perseus death deserved but severus left the hall adjuring loud the hospitable gods justice and faith that he was guiltless of the sanguine fray minerva comes her sheltering aegis shields her brother's body in his breast she breathes redoubled valour atis indian bred whom fair limnate ganges daughter bore tis told amid the water's crystal caves scarce sixteen years had seen his beauteous form in gorgeous dress more beauteous still appeared a purple garment fringed around with gold enwrapped him round his neck were golden beads and pins and combs of gold his lovely locks with myrrh sweet smelling held well skilled the youth to hurl the javelin to its distant mark but more to bend the bow him perseus smote the flexile bow just bending with a brand snatched flaming from the altar crushed his face a horrid mass of fractured bones appears his beauteous features lycabus beheld in blood convulsed his dearest comrade he and one who proud his ardent love displayed grieved to behold the last expiring breath of at his parting from the furious wound he seized the bow the youth had bent and cried the battle try with me not long thy boast of conquest or a boy a conquest more by hate than fame attended railing thus the piercing weapon darted from the string now phineas fearful hand to hand to meet the foe his javelin hurled the point ill-aimed on idas glanced who vainly kept aloof with neutral weapon 
phineas stern he viewed with threatening frown exclaiming though no share in this mad broil i took now phineas feel the power of him whom thou hast forced a foe and take reciprocally wound for wound then from his side the weapon tore to hurl but fast the life-stream gushed he instant fell here by the sword of Clymenus was slain odites noblest lord in cepheus's court protena fell by hepsius hepsius sunk beneath lincides arm amid the throng was old amathian too friend to the just and fearer of the gods though ancient years forbade his wielding arms what aid his words could give he spared not cursed the impious war in loud upbraidings as with trembling arms he grasped the altar chromis's gory sword his neck divided on the altar dropped the head and there the trembling dying tongue faint imprecations uttered midst the flames he breathed his spirit forth by phineas's hand broteus and ammon fell the brother twins unconquered in the fight the cestus showered could but the cestus make the falchion yield but perseus felt it not its point hung fixed amidst his garment's folds on him he turned the falchion glutted with medusa's gore and plunged it in his breast dying he looks around with eyes rolling in endless night for Attis, and upon him drops then pleased thus joined in death he seeks the shades below Methion's son cyanian phorbas now and fierce amphimedon in libya born rush in the fight to mingle both fall prone the slippery earth wide spread with smoking blood the sword attacks them rising in his throat phorbas receives it and the others side but erythus of actor born who reared an axe tremendous not the waving sword of perseus meets a cup of massive bulk with both his hands high heaving fierce he hurls full on his foe he vomits gory floods falls back and strikes with dying head the earth then polydamon falls sprung from the blood of queen semerimus lycetes brave of the son of spercius abarus who dwelt on frozen caucasus and helison with unshorn tresses phlegius clytus too those with the rest beneath his weapon fall and on the rising heaps of dead he stands and fell ampicus ceres's sacred priest his temples with a snow-white fillet bound thou o gepetides whose string to sound such discord knew not but whose harp still tuned the works of peace in concord with thy voice wast bidden here to celebrate the feast and cheer the nuptial banquet with thy song him when at distance petalus beheld handling his peaceful instrument he cried in mocking laughter go and end thy song amid the stygian ghosts and instant plunged through his left temple his too deadly sword sinking his dying fingers caught the strings and chance directed gave a mournful sound not long the fierce lycormus saw his fall without revenge a massy bar of oak from the right gate he tore and on the bones behind the neck the furious blow was aimed prone on the earth like a crushed ox he fell pelates of cynephius strove to rend a like strong fastening from the opposing door the dart of Corythus his tugging hand transfixed and nailed him to the wood confined here abbas with his spear deep pierced his side nor dying fell he by the hand retained firm to the post he hung melanius fell the arms of perseus aiding dorillus the wealthiest lord in nasamonia's land fell too beside him rich was he in fields in wide extent no lands with his could vie nor equal his in hoarded heaps of grain obliquely in his groin the missive spear stuck deep a mortal spot his bactrian foe his rolling eyes beheld and dying breath in sobs convulsive flitting and exclaimed this spot thou pressest now of all thy lands possess and turning left the lifeless course 
avenging perseus hurls at him the spear torn from the smoking wound the point received full in the nostrils pierces through the neck before behind exposed the weapon stands now fortune aids his blows the brother pair clanis and clitius fall by different wounds hurled by his nervous arm the ashen spear transfixed the thighs of clitius clanis died biting the steel that pierced his mouth now fell mendesian celadon and astrius born by hebrew mother to a doubtful sire now died ethion once deep skilled to see the future fates now by his skill deceived thoactes whom the monarch's armour bore and base Argertes, murderer of his sire crowds though he conquers thickening crowds remain for all united wage on him the war in every quarter fight the press conspired to aid a cause to worth and faith opposed the sire with useless piety the queen and new-made bride the hero's party take and fill the hall with screams the clang of arms and groans of dying men their screamings drown the household deities polluted once the fierce bellona bathes with gore again with double fury lighting up the war now phineas followed by a furious throng surrounds him single thicker fly their darts than wintry hail on every side his sight they cloud and deafening whiz his ears around by crowds oppressed retreating perseus leans his shoulders against a massive pillar's height and safe behind dares all the furious fight caonian molpius rushes on his left Athemon nabathean on his right thus a fierce tiger urged by famine hears combined the lowings of two different herds far distant in the vale in doubt he stands on this or that to rush and furious burns on both at once to thunder perseus so to left and right inclined at once to bear pierced first the thigh of molpius straight he fled unfollowed for Athemon fiercely pressed he furious aiming at the hero's neck with ill-directed strength his weapon broke against a column back the shivered point sprung and his throat transfixed slight was the wound to doom to death unable perseus plunged his mortal falchion as the trembling wretch his helpless arms extended in his breast but now his valour perseus found oppressed by crowds unequal and aloud exclaimed since thus you force me from my very foe more aid i'll ask my friends avert your eyes then showed the gorgon's head go elsewhere seek said thessalus for those such sights may move the deadly javelin poising in his hand in act to throw a marble form he stands in the same posture near him ampyx reared against the brave linsides breast his sword his upraised hand was hardened here or there to wave unable nilius now displayed seven argent streams upon a shield of gold false boasting offspring from the seven-mouthed nile and cried lo perseus whence my race derived down to the silent shades this solace bear by such a hand to die the final words were lost his sounding voice abrupt was stayed his opened mouth still seemed the words to form incapable to utter eric stormed at these exclaiming not the gorgon's hairs freeze ye but your own trembling dastard souls rush forth with me and on the earth lay low the youth who battles thus with magic arms fierce had he rushed but firmly fixed his feet held him to earth a rigid fastened stone a statue armed these well their fate deserved but one aconteus while in aid he fought of perseus sudden stood to stone congealed as stared the gorgon luckless in his face him saw astyages but thought he lived and fierce attacked him with a mighty sword shrill tinkling sounds the blow astonished stands astyages astonished seems the stone for while he stares he too to marble turns long were the tale of each plebeian death to tell 
two hundred still unhurt remain by gorgon's head two hundred stiffened stand when phineas seems the strife unjust to mourn but what to act remains around him crowd the forms of numerous friends his friends he knows their aid entreats and calls on each by name still doubting seizes those his grasp can reach and finds them stone averse he turns his eyes raises his conscious arms and hands oblique and suppliant begs go perseus conqueror go remove that dreadful monster bear away that stone creating visage gorgon's head whate'er it be i pray thee bear it hence nor hate nor lust of empire raised our arms against thee for my wife alone we ward thy cause by merit best mine but by time bravest of men me much it grieves i e'er thy claim opposed existence only give all else be thine to him as thus he begged fearing his eyes to whom he suppliant spoke to turn thou dastard phineus perseus cried what i can grant i will and what i grant to souls like thine a mighty boon must seem dispel thy terror rest from steel secure yet must a during monument remain still in the dwelling of my spouse's sire conspicuous so my bride may daily see her imaged husband speaking thus he held the gorgon's head where pallid phineas turned so turning stiffened stood the neck so turned appeared the inverted eyes the humid balls to stone concreted still the timid look and suppliant face and tame petitioning arms and guilty awestruck look in stone remained now victor abentiades reseeks his soil paternal with his well-earned bride and in his undeserving grandsire's aid avenging war on Pretus, he declares Pretus then all acrisius's cities held from each possession forced his brother fled but arms and battle to towns like ill-possessed the head-snake curled obliged at once to stoop yet not the youth's bold valour amply proved by all his brave achievements nor his toils thee polydectes moved who ruled the isle the poultry isle seraphus stubborn still inexorable hatred thou maintainst endless against him burns thy rage unjust nay from his true deserts thou wouldst detract and swearest medusa's death a fiction formed then perseus thus if true i speak or no experience close my friends your eyes as forth he held the gorgon bloodless stood the face of polydectes turned a marble form thus far minerva aided side by side her brother golden-born then swiftly flew wrapped in a cloud opaque and distant left seraphus on she flies to right she leaves Sithnos and giaros and cross the main the shortest route she hastens speeds to thebes and seeks the heliconian nymphs whose mount alighting feels her first the learned nine thus she bespeaks fame tells a new-made spring burst from a blow the swift-winged horse's hoof inflicted lo the cause i hither come that steed i saw spring from his mother's blood fain would i this new prodigy behold urania gave reply o maid divine what cause soe'er has with thy presence graced our dwelling proves to us a grateful boon fame speaks not false our fountain surely sprung soul from pegasus speaking thus she leads the virgin goddess to the sacred streams who long the spring admired the spring produced from the hoof's blow around surveying views the groves of ancient trees the grots the plants of ever varied tint and happy calls the learned nymphs who such a spot possessed then thus a sister o divinest maid our choir to join most worthy did not aims of loftier import tempt thy warlike soul right hast thou spoke our habitation well and well our arts thy highest praises claim 
blessed were our lot if still from danger free but nought a villain's daring power restrains and terror soon our virgin minds appalls even now the dread pyrenius to my eyes stands present to its wonted calm not yet restored my mind with furious thracian bands doubtless he conquered and the phocian fields and held the sway unjust parnassus's fane we sought the usurper there beheld us pass and feigning reverence for our power divine worshipped and then addressed us whom he knew here o ye muses rest nor dubious stand but straight beneath my sheltering roof avoid the cloudy heaven and rain for faster charred oft mighty deities have entered roofs less pompous by his invitation urged and by the tempest we exceed and step within the hall the pelting showers now ceased oster by boreas vanquished fled the clouds black lowering and the face of heaven left clear anxious we wished to go pyrenius fast his dwelling closes and rough force prepares wings we assume and from his force escape he standing on the loftiest turret's top like us his flight about to wing exclaims a path you lead that path will i pursue then madly from the tower's most lofty wall dashed on his face he fell and dying strewed his shattered bones upon the blood-stained ground as spoke the muse thus loud and strong was heard of fluttering pinions in the air the sound and hailing voices from high branches came jove's daughter then around inquiring looked the sound she hears so like the human voice from human voice she deems them birds the sound emitted magpies were they magpies nine their doom lamenting on the boughs they sat aping in voice their neighbours all around then to the wandering goddess thus the muse explained these vanquished in the arduous strife of song to us submitting swell the crowd of feathered flyers in pelenian lands most rich was pierus their sire to him evipe of peonia bore the nymphs nine times invoking great lucina's aid vain of their number proud the sister crew in folly journeyed through thessalia's towns and through the towns of greece when here arrived thus to the test of power their words provoke at length desist to cheat the senseless crowd with harmony pretended thespian maids with us contend if faith your talents give for such a trial ye in voice and skill surpass us not our numbers are the same if vanquished yield the medusian fount and hyantian agonipe we if conquered all amanthea's regions seed far as peonius snows the nymphs around the contest shall decide deep shame we felt thus to contend but deeper shame appeared to yield without contention to their boast the nymphs elected to adjudge the prize swear by the floods and on the living rock seated await to hear the rival songs then one impatient who should first commence or we or they arises sings the war of gods and giants to the rebels gives false praises and the high celestial's power much underrating tells how typhon raised from earth's most deep recesses struck with fear all heaven each god betook him straight to flight far distant till the egyptian land received each wearied foot where nile's dissevered stream pours in seven mouths how earth-born typhon here they tell pursued them and each god concealed in feigned resemblance cheated there his power jove so she sung a leading ram became when still the libyans form their ammon horned the crow apollo hid a goat the son of simile became diana skulked in shape a cat a snow-white cow concealed the form of juno venus seemed a fish and neath an ibis hermes safely crouched thus far she moved her vocal lips thus far her lyre her voice attended then they call for our aeonian song but that to hear perchance your leisure suits not pressing deeds unlike our songs must more your time demand 
palace replies be hesitation far and all your song from first commence relate so saying in the forest's pleasing shade she rested while the muse proceeding spoke end of section nine Section 10 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid, translated by J.J. Howard. The Fifth Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part 2. To one the sole contending task we give. Calliope. She rises neatly bound her flowing tresses with an ivy wreath. With dexterous thumb the trembling strings she tries then to their quivering sounds this song subjoins series at first with crooked plough upturned the glebe she first mild fruits and milder corn gave to the earth and rules to tend them gave all gifts from her proceed to her the song i raise would that my best exerted power a song to suit thy least deserts could form o goddess worthy of our loftiest praise the vast sicilian isle with pressure huge thrown o'er them deep the limbs gigantic ways of huge typhius who the heavenly throne had dared to hope for struggling oft he tries his efforts daily bent to lift his load but hard pelorus on his right hand lies orsonia facing while pachine rests heavy to left wide o'er his giant thighs spreads lilybeum etna presses down his head beneath whose crater laid supine from his hot mouth he ashes sends and flames thus with his body labouring to remove the ponderous load of earth whole towns o'erwhelm and lofty hills o'erturn trembles the ground and hell's dread monarch fears a chasm should gape and through the opening wide his realm display the trembling ghosts with light uncustomed scared the shock to meet expecting starts the king quick from his cloudy throne and in his car borne by his sable steeds with care surveys cecilia's deep foundations wide around exploring all then with his toils content no ruined parts detected flings aside each apprehension strolling now at ease him venus from the erycinian hill espied and to her feathered son who lay clasped in her arms exclaimed o cupid son my sole assistant sole defence and aid seize now that weapon which o'er all has sway that piercing dart and deep within the breast of the dark god whose lot was given to rule the nether regions of the triple realm bury it all the gods thy might confess even jove himself the ocean powers allow thy rule and he whom ocean's powers obey why then should tartarus alone evade thy thrall why not my empire and thine own with that complete of all the world's extent a third is staked nay more our utmost power heaven our own seat contemns thy potent sway and mine alike impaired behold'st thou not minerva with the quiver-bearing maid deserting me thus will the blooming child of ceres if we grant it still remain inviolate a virgin thither tend her anxious hopes but thou if dear thou hold'st our mutual realm the virgin goddess link in union with her uncle venus spoke his quiver he unlooses from the heap of darts by her directed one selects than which none bore a keener point than which none flew more certain trusty to the string bends to his knee the yielding horn then sends through pluto's heart the bearded arrow sure not far from enna's walls a lake expands profound in watery stores pagusa named not even caista's murmuring stream e'er heard the songster swans more frequent woods o'ertop the waters rising round on every side and veil from phoebus's rays the surface cool 
a shade the branches form the moist earth round produces purple flowers perpetual spring here reigns while straying sportive in this grove here proserpine the violet cropped and here the lily fair with childish ardour warmed her bosom filling and her basket high proud to surpass her comrades all around in skilful culling she herself was seen was chosen and by dis was snatched away love urged him to the deed the frighted maid loud on her mother and her comrades called but chief her mother with lamenting shrieks then as her robe she rent the well-culled flowers slipped through the loosened folds in this so great her girlish innocence her tears increased swiftly the robber speeds his car along urging his steeds exertions each by name above their high manes and necks the rusty reins rattling as o'er the wide palician lake where the cleft earth with sulphur boils he whirls and where the bacchiads from the double sea of corinth wandering raised their lofty walls twixt two unequal havens midst the stream pisian arethusa and the lake of cyanea seen close round embraced by narrowing horns this cyane was once of all cecilia's nymphs the fairest deemed who gave the lake her name she to the waist upraised amidst the waters stood and knew the god and here thy speed must stay exclaimed nor e'er of ceres hope the son-in-law gainst her consent to be beseechings bland not rugged rape thy purposed hope might gain if lofty things with low i durst compare anapis loved me but the nuptial couch i pressed entreated not as thus in dread she said her arms extended wide and stopped his course the angry son of saturn flames swelling with rage exhorts his furious steeds throws with a forceful arm and buries deep his regal sceptre in the lowest gulf wide gapes the stricken earth an opening gives to hell and headlong down the car descends now equal cyane the goddess mourns so forced and her own sacred stream despised a cureless wound her silent breast contains and all in tears she wastes lost in those waves where lately sovereign goddess she had ruled soft grow her limbs and flexile seem her bones her nails their hardness lose the tenderest parts melt into water long before the rest her tresses green her fingers legs and feet quickly this change the smaller limbs perceive to cooling rills transformed next after these her back her shoulders breasts and sides dissolve and vanish all in streams a limpid flood now fills the veins that once in purple flowed nought of the nymph to fill the grasp remains meantime the trembling mother through the earth and o'er the main the goddess vainly sought aurora rising with her locks of gold nor hesper sinking saw her labours cease with either hand at etna's flaming mouth a torch she lighted restless these she bore in dewy darkness then renewed again her labour till fair day made blunt the stars from sol's first rising till his evening fall wearied at length and parched with thirst no stream her lips to moisten nigh by chance she spied a straw-thatched cot and knocked the humble door an ancient dame thence stepped the goddess saw and brought her who for water simply craved a pleasing draught where roasted grain had boiled swallowing the gift presented rudely came a brazen-fronted boy and facing stood then laughing mocked to see her greedy drink angry grew ceres all the offered draught yet unconsumed she drenched him as he jeered with barley mixed with liquid straight his face the spots imbibed and what but now as arms he bore as legs he carries to his limbs thus changed a tail is added shrunk in size small is his power to harm shorter he seems than the small lizard swift away he fled as wandering weeping tried the dame to clasp his changing form and gained a sheltering hole 
well suits his star-like skin the name he bears long were the tale to tell what tracts of land what tracts of sea the wandering goddess passed earth now no spot unsearched affording back to sicily she turns with close research each part exploring till at length she comes to syone who all the tale had told if still unchanged much as she wished to speak nor lips nor tongue can aid her nought remains speech to afford yet plainer sign she gives the zone of proserpine upon her waves light floating in the sacred stream it fell dropped as she passed the place well ceres knew the sight and then as then her loss first known tore her dishevelled tresses beat her breast with blows on blows redoubled still unknown the spot that holds her every part of earth blaming ungrateful worthless of her fruits but chief trinacria in whose isle was found the vestige of her loss for this she breaks with furious hand the glebe upturning plough and angry to an equal death she dooms the tiller and his ox forbids the fields back to return the entrusted grain the seeds all rotting now that fertile land renowned through the wide earth lies useless all the grain dies in the earliest shoots now scorching rays now floods of rain destroy it noxious stars now harm now blighting winds and hungry birds the scattered seed devour the darnel springs the thistle and the knotgrass thick which choke the sprouting wheat and make the harvest void now arethusa from the elean waves exalts her head her dropping tresses flung back from her forehead parting shade her ears and thus o goddess mother of the maid so sought through earth mother of all earth's fruits cease now thy toilsome labour cease thine ire against the land that proved to thee so true thine ire unmerited unwilling she oped for the spoil a passage hither i no suppliant for my native isle approach an alien here sojourning pisa's land my country near there ellis first i sprung a stranger now in sicily i dwell this soil more grateful far than is my own this soil where i my household gods have placed i arethusa and have fixed my seat preserve mild goddess why i changed my land why to ortigia through the wide waves born i came a more appropriate hour will ask when you from care relieved can grant your ear with brow unclouded through the opening earth i flow and borne through subterraneous depths here lift again my head again behold the long-lost stars hence was my lot to see as passed my stream close by the stygian gulf your proserpine sad still her face appeared nor fear had wholly left it yet she reigns a queen the mightiest in the realm of shade the powerful consort of the infernal king like marble at the words the mother stands stupid with grief and long astounded seems sorrow by heavier sorrow now surpassed then in her chariot mounts the ethereal sky and stands indignant at the imperial throne her locks wild flowing and her face in clouds lo here a suppliant jove she cried i come to beg for her my daughter and thine own for if no favour may the mother find the daughter's claim may move let not thy child deserve thy care the less as born of me lo my lost maid so long so vainly sought at length is found if finding we may call a surer loss if finding we may call the knowledge where she is her ravished charms i'll pardon let him but my child restore what though a robber might my daughter wed thine sure is worthy of a different mate then jove our daughter our dear mutual pledge as yours so mine demands our mutual care but rightly still affairs if we design what you lament will no injustice prove love only sure a son-in-law like him can ne'er degrade will you consent but yield grant naught beyond 
tis no such trivial boast jove's brother to be called how then if more i claim preeminence from chance alone still if so obstinate your wish remains for separation go let proserpine to heaven return on this condition strict her lips no food have touched so will the fates he ceased glad ceres certain to regain her daughter knew not what the fates forbade her fast was broken thoughtless as she strayed around the garden from a bending tree she plucked a fair pomegranate and seven seeds from the pale rind she picked and ate none saw save one ascalaphus the luckless deed whom orphne famed avernus's nymphs among to acheron long since tis said produced beneath a dusky cave he cruel told and his discovery stayed the hoped return much wept the queen of pluto but she changed the vile informer to an hideous shape sprinkled with streams of phlegathon his head feathered appears with beak and monstrous eyes spoiled of his shape with yellow feathers clothed large grows his head bent are his lengthened nails scarcely he moves the pinions which are shot light from his lazy arms a filthy bird becoming constant presager of woe an owl inactive omen dire to man well he by his informing tongue deserved his doom but Achaloides, from whence your wings and bird-like feet whilst still you bear your virgin features was it that you mixed when proserpine the vernal flowers would cull amidst her numerous train the nymph you sought through earth's extent in vain that ocean too your anxious search might scape not straight you prayed for waving wings to winnow o'er the deep and favouring gods you found of golden hue quick shooting wings your arms you saw bespread but lest your inbred song which every ear had charmed and lest your highly gifted voice your tongue should fail to use a virgin face and speech yet human are indulged you still now jove as umpire twixt the angry pair his mourning sister and his brother bids the year revolving either side oblige now will the goddess mutual in each realm six months with ceres dwell in heaven and six reign with her spouse in hell straight were perceived the goddess's countenance and demeanour changed for now her forehead which had still retained to pluto even a sad and sorrowing gloom gladdened so phoebus long in cloudy shade enveloped shines their umbrous veil dispersed now ceres calm her daughter safe regained inquires o arethusa say the cause which hither brought thee why a sacred fount hushed were the waves and from the lowest depths the goddess raised her head and as she told the old amours the flood of ellis knew pressed out the water from her tresses green once with the nymphs that on achaia's hills rove was i seen none closer beat than i the thickets none than i more skilful spread than snaring net yet though no fame i sought for beauty though robust i bore the name of beauteous whilst the constant theme of praise my features fair to me no pleasure gave what other nymphs inspire with joyful pride corporeal charms did but my blushes raise to please i thought a crime once tired with sport the stymphaladian forest i had left warm was the day i with redoubled heat glowed from my toil a gliding stream i found by ripplings undisturbed silent and smooth it flowed so clear that every stone was seen on the deep bottom gently crept the waves to creep scarce seeming o'er the shelving banks the stream-fed poplar and the willow hoar a grateful shadow cast the brink i reached dipped first my feet then waded to my knee not yet content i loosed my zone and hung upon a bending osier my soft robe then naked plunged amid the stream the waves beating and sporting in a thousand shapes my arms around in every posture flung a strange unusual murmur seemed to sound deep from the bottom 
terror-struck i gained the nearest brink when whither dost thou fly o arethusa whither dost thou fly alpheus from his water's horse exclaimed bestless i fled for on the opposing bank my garment hung fiercer the god pursued fiercer he burned all naked as i ran prepared more ready for his force i seemed such was my flight and such was his pursuit as when on trembling wings before the hawk fly the mild doves as when the hawk fierce drives the trembling doves before him long the chase i bore orchomenus and surface soon i passed and passed Silene, and the caves of menelus and erymanthus's frosts to Elis, ere his speed could cope with mine in strength unequal i sustained no more the toilsome race he starter flagged less soon but still o'er plains i ran o'er mountains thick with forests clad o'er stones and rugged rocks and pathless spots behind me phoebus shone i saw if fear deceived me not far spread his shade before me what could less deceive i heard his footsteps and his breath full strong blew on my banded tresses wearied faint with the long flight i cried dictina chaste lost am i help a quiver-bearing nymph one who thy bow has oft entrusted borne and oft thy quiver loaded full with darts moved was the goddess from the darkest clouds she won selected and around me threw the river god about the misty vale pride anxious and unwitting deeply groped within the hollow cloud unconscious twice the spot he compassed where diana thought my safety surest twice he then aloud ho arethusa arethusa called what terror seized my soul not less the dread of lambs when round the sheltering fold they hear the wolves loud howling or the trembling hare close in a bramble hid who sees approach the wide-mouthed hostile hounds and fears to move further he passed not for beyond the place no footsteps he discerned but guarding watched around the mist so closely thus besieged my limbs a cold sweat seized cerulean drops fell from my body when my feet i moved a pool remained fast dropped my hair in dew and speedier than the wondrous tale i tell changed to a stream i flowed but soon the god knew his loved waters laid the man aside and straight assumed his proper watery form with mine to mingle dian cleft the ground sinking through caverns dark i held my way and reached ortigia from the goddess named there first ascending viewed the upper skies here arethusa ceased then ceres yokes the coupled dragons to her car their mouths curbed by the reins and through the air is borne midway twixt heaven and earth at pallas's town arrived triptolemus the carus ends by her commissioned bad to spread the seed entrusted part on ground untilled before and part on land which long had fallow laid o'er europe now and asia's lands the youth sublimely sails and reaches scythia's clime where lyncus ruled beneath the monarch's roof here entered and to him who curious sought how there he journeyed what his journey's cause his name and country thus the youth replied athens the famed my country and my name triptolemus but neither o'er the main born in a ship nor travelling slow by land i hither came my path was through the air i bring the gift of ceres scattered wide through all your spacious fields quickly restored in fruitful crops the wholesome food will spring the barbarous monarch envious he should bear so great a blessing takes him for his guest and when with sleep weighed down attacks him raised to pierce his bosom was the sword just then the wretch by ceres to a lynx was turned then mounts again the youth and through the air bids him once more the sacred dragon's steer our chosen champion ended here her lays and all the nymphs unanimous exclaimed 
the heliconian goddesses have gained vanquished the others railed when she resumed is not your punishment enough deserved foiled in the contest must you swell your crime with base revilings patient now no more to punish we begin what anger bids we now perform loud laughed the scornful maids our threatening words despised and strove to speak and clapped with outcries menacing their hands when from their fingers shooting plumes they spy and feathers shade their arms her sister's face each sees to harden in an horny beak to beat their bosoms trying with raised arms in air suspended on those arms they move the new-shaped birds the sylvan tribes increase magpies the scandal of the grove thus changed their former eloquence they still maintain in hoarse garrulity and empty noise End of section 10. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.